Yes, hello, and welcome to Joy City, a weekly blog and podcast hosted by yours truly, Stuart Welch. I'm the lead pastor of Life Connection Church, located in Modesto, California, and I want to invite you in to join with an amazing community of friends that are quickly becoming an intimate part of my daily life. I mean, I'm your host, and I'm excited to hear your stories and just try to deliver great content that can help you change your life and truly transform as we celebrate the greatness of God and his presence in the everyday moments of your life, knowing that the creator, what we call the grand weaver of our lives is present with us and then leaning into that presence. It can be revolutionary for you. So let's enter in to the city, Joy City, because you see, Joy City isn't a geographical location. It's a place where you can find your joy and happiness in the kingdom of God, following hard after God and fulfilling the call of God in your life. It's a place that welcomes us all with open arms. You see, in Joy City, it's about faith. That's what's all important. Our trust and our confidence in the ways, the will, the word of God. Because let me hip you to this. Jesus never uttered an opinion. (laughs) Yeah, he never guessed. He didn't just give us sound wisdom or keen observation like Solomon. Not at all. Jesus' words are the essence of truth. And when we adhere and follow them intently, we can become stronger, healthier, holier, and joyful. Understanding that Christ overcame the world and for you and every other resident of Joy City, yes, it's this that brings us to a place of great rejoicing. Now today, I want to be, I want to be a Barnabas for someone. And you're probably saying a Barnabas. What, what is that? You see, Barnabas is a brother we come across in the book of Acts, and he is described as a man full of joy, a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and with faith. His name is translated encourager. And for many today, a, a word or a sentence of encouragement It may just keep them from waving the white flag, surrendering to the enemy, you know, giving in to that urge or to that temptation. No, when the world is crashing down all around you, faith teaches us to do the opposite of what the flesh wants us to do. You see, faith prompts us to trust God in the middle of any storm, and it's the reliance upon the promptings, the leading, and the guiding of the Holy Spirit that will keep us soaring above and not letting our heads fall underwater. So you see, being a resident of Joy City is, as the Apostle Paul says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. You see, beloved, God's purposes are bigger than our own lives or our own communities. Now, for many, I know this, I get it. I have these conversations almost daily. We don't want to hear that when we're in the midst of our pain and when we're in the midst of our frustrations and when we're going through a time of deep grief or disappointment. But I need to tell you that God cares. Matter of fact, he cares so deeply That over 2,000 years ago, he sent Jesus to the cross. Yeah. I mean, Christ is 
is called, he's even described as the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It's, it's through that level of love, beloved, what we call agape, that he is able to draw us so close in order to comfort us and to strengthen us. My friends, in Joy City, it's about faith, even in adversity or even with scarcity of resources. We can pursue God with daily communion, and it's in his presence that we can find that fullness of joy. Because, friends, true Christian worship remains a mystery. Yes, it's a mystery. Now, I say that because when we give our lives completely over to the king, our, our worship does not rise and fall on situations and circumstances, not even on our humanistic inclination or what many would call our instinct. No, uh-uh. Nope, not at all. The focus remains on God and who he is. It's why the writer says, I'm looking to the author and the finisher of my faith. I got to keep looking at Jesus. I can't look like like Peter when he stepped out of the boat. He said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. And Jesus did. Jesus said, hey, come on then. <laughs> come on. You want to join the party? Come on. And, and Peter was doing it. But then guess what? It says the winds and the tempest, it, it turned his attention. It was a distraction. And how many times in the midst of our lives do storm winds blow? They're simply a distraction. Now, see, you know, it, it's easy for us as we read through the scripture. And it says, Jesus, you know, God is, is, is the potter and we're the clay. But my friends, let me tell you the difference. Clay doesn't have feelings. When clay is squashed down, thrown against the wall or stomped, it, it doesn't scream out. It doesn't shout. But when you lose that job, when you have to go into federal court and declare bankruptcy or, you know, when your son or daughter calls you from that jail cell looking at 30 plus years behind the wall in incarceration or someone passes away a deeply, a loved one, a spouse, a child. Yeah, we, we cry out. And sometimes we can be distracted away from our focus on God. Now, now listen, I get it. And I'm growing every single day, just as many of you who are tuning in, just as you are, we're growing. But you see, we can get so caught up. I noticed this in this life in Christ. We, we can get so caught up in what we call the Santa Claus Christianity. Yep. Yep. A what? Yeah. 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 Santa Claus Christianity, because a Santa Claus Christian eagerly looks for God to put up a Christmas tree with all their gifts and their blessings underneath it. Now, now I get it. That Christian is grateful and, and praise him for that. That's right, and that's proper to be thankful for all God does for us and all the good, large, small, that he gives us. However, my friends, that's what we call lower level. It's what we call first floor kind of love. And God requires us to grow out 
to grow out of that love. Now, many of you, you may be parents, you may be grandparents, you may be great grandparents. And, and you know, when we, when we had that little baby and, you know, we were raising that baby and we gave them gifts and we gave them presents and they said, oh, thank you. And they, they just loved us for, for these gifts and for these presents that, we get, that, we, that they had. But you desired as they grew and they begin to understand you, you desired a deeper relationship than just fulfilling their needs with with this abundance of gifts. You wanted a relationship with them. You wanted them to love you for who you were, not for what you gave them. And this is where God is requiring us to grow. You see, we're instructed. The Bible's clear. It's, there, there's no question to this. We're instructed to worship God. The Bible even tells us we're created to worship him. But, you know, we will skip that. To worship a man or a woman. We'll follow after them. We'll chase them. I mean, we write songs about them. I'll cross an ocean. I'll go across the desert. We write songs about chasing the one that we love. I mean, just think about it. Boss calls us into work. We're there. We don't even consider skipping a day of work to go to church or to worship. But boy, we will skip church or worship for that job, for that dollar dollar bill is what we call it. I mean, just think about it. Many people, we just went through this Academy Awards fiasco. Many people worship celebrities. I mean, look at, just look at, you know, the, the, the latest with this blow up with this uh, thing the other night. And then just look at all the reality shows that we have on TV that glamorize bad behavior of the rich, the famous, and what we would call the rich and the aimless. I mean, even a sporting event. Don't, don't let the big game. I mean, we, sometimes we have to plan services or events or, or celebrations around sporting events. We have to do that because people will choose the sporting event above their worship of God. Now, now it's okay. It's, it's, it's all right if you're there. You know, Joyce Meyer says this all the time. You just say, ouch, hallelujah. You just pick your feet up because the word of God, that's what it is. It's a mirror. It's a reflection. We look into it, and the Bible says we're as that person that gets up in the morning. We look in the mirror. Then we fix ourselves up. We wash our face. We brush our teeth. We fix up our hair. Those of us who have it, we fix up our hair. And then we go about our way. But sometimes it can be we look at it, we see how bad a shape we're in, and we turn and we walk away. God doesn't want us to walk away. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be those true worshipers in every moment of our lives. Not to compartmentalize it. Not to reserve it for certain places and for certain times. No. God is everywhere at all times and in every place. And he requires us to worship him in those places. I mean, just just think about it. I mean, we'll scream and we'll shout. We'll jump up and down. Man, we'll clap our hands. 
I, I mean, and if, if we're at a concert or a musical event, I mean, we'll even sing along. Not one bit concerned with who's around us or what others may even think of us. Oh, but but then to lift my hands in church. To to open my mouth and say hallelujah at small group or Bible study. I mean, to say amen to a point in which I agree. I mean, I, I don't even dare clap my hands or. Or, I mean, bow my knees? No, no, I, I just couldn't do that. I mean, we were in worship entering into our service Sunday, and this scripture hit me from the book of the Revelation, how John was trying to describe God. And I tried, I, I really did, but I cannot even adequately articulate the glory of the God that we are called to worship. I mean, if I could explain these thousands of attributes and, and the Bible says his dwelling in an unapproachable light, then maybe, maybe then we, we would be humbled. I mean, we just aren't as humble as we ought to be. And to me, this is why many of us fall short outside the gates of Joy City. I mean, the prophets who did not have an easy life at all, or even Job who, who says, hey, naked I came into the world and naked I shall depart. The Lord gives, the Lord has taken away, but I'm still, I'm still going to bless God. I'm still going to magnify him. I'm still going to glorify him. But, but here's the contrast. His wife, just like many of us, Sees the good things are gone. I mean, their kids have been killed. Their, their livelihood is gone. Her husband is, is covered in boils. So what does she tell him? God's not good anymore. So you know what you should do? You should just curse God and die. I mean, God still can't be good, can he? Look, look at our situation. Look at what we're going through. Look at what we're dealing with you see that that's a question for you my friends that's something you have to answer if God is the same yesterday he's the same today and he's the same forever he was as good when you were receiving those blessings as he is right now that if he never changes says with him there's not even a shadow of turning then he's just as good. You see, the prophets describe him as radiantly beautiful, that he's fair and that he's royal. He's gracious and majestic. He's true and he's righteous. He's loving. He's romantic. But you see, human language was exhausted and even trying to describe him. So after a while, even the prophets they gave up on trying to describe him. You know, it's, it, it, it still makes me laugh. I remember, you know, before Michael Jackson had passed, they did a, a, a story on many of his concerts when he was, you know, known as the king of pop. 
And I recall one in particular. He was doing a concert on the East Coast. And many of you, if if you're of the generation of Michael Jackson and you're of the generation of some of his greatest hits, this man would would draw millions millions i mean you know now we have you know youtube and you know all this social media so you know these records are being shattered they're being broken but you know in the day of of michael jackson you know we have vinyl we have records i mean you shared these by putting them on a cassette tape and giving them to friends i mean that this this man's music was shared all over the world without youtube yeah, without Instagram and Facebook, this brother, I mean, was, man, he was just bad. He, he was just a bad brother. But he's doing this concert. And if any of you have, have ever seen this, he, he used to have an a elevator lift that would come from under the stage. And he'd have one of those big six-foot fans uh, where he would come up. And so before one concert, as the people were gathered and everybody was kind of, you know, talking and, you know, excitement was in the air because he was on his way out. Uh, you know, you, you, you heard the beginning of music. So everybody's looking at the stage. And up comes MJ from this elevated platform. And the big fan is blowing and and he used to have this curl in his hair and he just extended his arms out and he lifted and he put his head back and the fan was just blowing his hair straight back. And man, the place went up. I mean, just crazy. The folks, man, they just. So people start passing out in the front and ambulance and. You know, the EMTs and everything, they were coming. But this this is what was remarkable. <laughs> they stopped one man as they were loading him into the ambulance. And they said, man, what happened? I mean, what, what you know, the, the concert just started. Uh, you never even heard him sing. He hadn't even sung a note. And you passed out. And the man looked right into the camera. And he said, I didn't have to hear him sing a note. I know what he's capable of. My goodness. He passed out knowing what he's capable of doing. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. The man said, I didn't have to hear him sing. I know what he's capable of. Now, how much more? How much more? If your situation doesn't turn around. If the money doesn't go back into the account. If your loved one doesn't get well. And if they don't acquit and they receive a lengthy prison sentence. Will you still, like this man, say, I know what God is capable of? That's what those three young boys about to be tossed into the fiery furnace said. 
They said, far be it from us, King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, if, if you want to throw us in, you can throw us in. But, but we know that God is able. He's capable of delivering us. But here's, here's the rub. Here's what they said. But even if he doesn't, can you say that? Can you worship him? Can you bow before his majesty? Can you adore him? I mean, even, even if he doesn't. Now, if you recall, or if, you know, perhaps you're new to the faith or you just stumbled across this podcast, you may not even be a Christian. But let me tell you, all sorts of harlots came to Jesus. They brought babies to him. What we call tax men, publicans, they were despised and they came to him. The sick, they brought them to Jesus. Woman with an issue of blood, that bleeding woman we call her, they brought her to Jesus. Even the devil possessed man. I mean, they came from everywhere. They wanted to touch him. And they found him to be so meek that his power went out to them and it healed them. This is the God in whom we serve. The one that caused Moses to bow before a burning bush. Said you're on holy ground. Take off your shoes. That same God opened up the Red Sea and said, these Egyptians that are pursuing you, yeah, they, they won't trouble you anymore. And they passed through on dry ground and then God closed up the sea on them. The same God, this Joshua, when he's battling the enemy and he said, sun, stand still, moon, hold your place. And God did it for him. This is the God in whom we serve, in whom we bow to, in whom we admire, and to whom we adore. Worship the living God, for he is worthy of all of our praise. Now, I get it. I mean, I understand it. This is where we're all growing to, and this is why God has filled us. If, if you haven't come to the faith yet, then you're trying to do this in your own strength. You're trying to live this life on your own. But the Bible is clear that when you receive the Lord Jesus into your heart and into your life as Lord and Savior, you repent of your sins. Then God does his part by infusing us, filling us with his precious Holy Spirit. And then he's given us the spirit to lead us and guide us. The Bible says into all truth and righteousness, convict us of sin so that we may live a holy and a godly life. You can't live a godly life out apart, aside from the Holy Spirit. You see, so when God opens our eyes in Joy City, that's the time we can celebrate him. 
That's the time we can lift him up. That's the time that we can elevate him to the position of king over our hearts to the place in which he deserves. You see, because no one can come face to face with what God is like and ever be the same. So my friends, I want to welcome you. (laughs) I want to welcome you to Joy City. We're seeing his true image touches the depths of our soul and beholding his glory. It will renew our minds. It will transform us and give us strength to live this life for him. So I want to invite you. Come on in. The gates are open where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. I want to invite you to be a part. Give you a residency card of Joy City. A place where the body becomes stronger. And our love for others, it only increases. Because when we see people first and we choose to lead them with love, we exponentially increase our potential to achieve the shared outcome of inviting them into the kingdom. Come on and taste and see truly that the Lord is good. Hey. I've enjoyed being your host and you can comment below or you know what? If you got something you'd like to share, you can email me, Pastor Stewart at Life Connection. Now, listen, the number four Christ.org, Pastor Stewart at Life Connection for Christ.org. Or you can always call our office 209-522-3583. Maybe you don't agree with me. Maybe you do. Maybe you want to share your story, whatever it may be. I eagerly await your message, your phone call, your DM, whatever it may be. God bless you all.